0: It is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, and uh, we're continuing on in Deuteronomy, and we're at chapter 28. Now, something I want to read out of the Psalms, and if you remember when we first started Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy matches up with the last book of Psalms, which there's five books of Psalms. Genesis is the first one, you know, matches the first book of Psalms. So Deuteronomy being the fifth book of Moses matches up with the fifth book of Psalms, which takes it to the end. I think the beginning of the fifth book is probably 106, 107. And uh, um, so we're getting toward the end of Deuteronomy. There's something I want to read out of uh, Psalm 149. It says, Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their kings. Let them praise his name in the, in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Now, in verse 6, notice how it says that uh, let the high praises of God be in their mouth. That's that's what should be in the saints. If, If you are a child of God and you're walking with him, then that should be what's in your mouth. You should be praising God. Now, what, what does Jesus do? <clears throat> there are several times in the Bible where it talks about he has a two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Well, we're told right here, and a two-edged sword in their hand. We, ha- we have, this, this is the two-edged sword right here, this Bible right here. And it's in my hand. This is the word of Jesus Christ. And he divides asunder. He, he separates those who believe in him both because they're keeping his sayings, they're following him, they're walking with him, and then there's those who do not. That sharp two-edged sword divides. And we are to, are to be His people on this earth that walk around with this two-edged sword in our hand and we should have praises in our mouth and we are to use this two-edged sword and the praises, we're to use it to to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. Don't be afraid to tell people that if they're still in their sins, they're going to hell. They're going to be punished for those sins. If you're trying to please God through your own efforts and hanging on to worldly principles and wanting to be a part of the world, this Word of God is designed to separate you from that. It's to take you out of the world and put you in a a spiritual realm that will save you that will get you out of this uh, destiny of going to hell forever. And we need to be confident to use this word in a way that will show people how sinful they are and how they need a Savior. That's what we should be doing. So uh, Deuteronomy 28 what you're going to notice in chapter 28 is 14 verses of blessing and the whole rest of the book, I mean the chapter, is, is cursing or chastisement, warnings, 54 verses. You got 68 verses in this one chapter, 14 verses, which <clears throat> that's... 2 times 7, 2 is the number of division, 7 is the perfect number of God, and he uses his perfectness and his word to divide, 14, the very, very significant number in the Bible because it's 2 times 7, and what's 54, was what that 6 times 9, is that right, Is that 54, 6 times 9. So you got the number of man and you got the number of judgment, completeness, nine. <clears throat> and that's what you see in the last 54 verses of chapter, uh, chapter 28 of Deuteronomy. <clears throat> so if I say Hebrews, raise your hand, wave at me, okay? I think I said Hebrews 26 last week. Y'all were paying attention. Good job. <clears throat> now, that's the reason I did it. <laughs> Just to see if you were paying attention. Now, I had no clue that I did that. I would have never even thought about it until listening to it. Now, I did listen to it. But, but somebody did come to me and tell me, You said, you said Hebrews 26. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I didn't know Hebrews had 26 chapters. <clears throat> That must be in a new version or something. Okay, so let's start reading because we've got a lot to read. And I don't expect to go all, all the way through the whole thing, but we're going to try to read. Now, in 27, you, you, uh, there's a whole cursed be, cursed be, cursed be, and then after every one, amen, amen, amen. Now, here we are in uh, 28, and we're going to have 14 verses of blessing, but you're not going to see an amen after it. You would think you would want to say amen after a blessing, not after a curse, but that's the way it is. All right. And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now, remember, we've heard this before. And we've heard it before that and before that. This, the repetition is just crazy. But let me remind you, something we read a long time ago. In Philippians 3, it says, Philippians 3, 1 says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. So, we do need to hear these things over and over and over again. Now, that's the, the famous part of Philippians where Paul was talking about how, um, even though they were Jews and, and the circumcision, they were God's elect, <clears throat> they, needed <coughs> they needed to remember that when you disobey God, even though you're one of his elect, you will suffer very badly, if, you, if you're disobedient, even being one of God's elect. Uh, I'll read a little bit more out of Philippians 3. It says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision, for we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. There's too many people who, who are putting too much um, effort in the flesh and not walking in the spirit. And then he says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Now, he's not saying that he does have confidence in the flesh. He's just making a point that he could have confidence in the flesh if that was a thing. And then he goes on to talk about how he could brag on so many things. He says if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh I more. And he's got this whole list of things. He was circumcised the 8th day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrews as touching the law a Pharisee concerning zeal persecuting the church, t- touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. So all of his righteousness were, were good for the dunghill. I mean, he had so many things he could brag on. And he's like, you think you have, or have any kind of confidence in the flesh? Well, if you think you're good, look at what I can say. And what I say is, all the things that I can brag about, what I've done and where I came from is fit for the dunghill. It's I just throw it out. So we need to uh, remember that repetition is how us humans learn and retain. if we don't get the repetition, it won't get ingrained into us. Our brains are pretty fascinating. And your brains can be, your brain can be uh, manipulated. Your brain can learn things that could be bad. You, you, you notice how people uh, will form habits. Well, you could form bad habits and good habits. And once you get into the habit, it's so hard to break it. Uh, You know, I noticed that when my my kids, all three of them over the years, when they open up the door and sit down in the car, as soon as they sit down in that seat, their arm is reaching for the seatbelt. It's just an automatic because that is a habit that they learned when they were a little tiny kid that's they got buckled in every time they got first thing that happened was they got buckled in and then they learned that and it's just an automatic don't even have to think about it we can be moving a vehicle across the yard and they're going to put their seatbelt on it's like we're not going to go over 1 mile an hour we're going to drive 50 feet Why are you putting your seatbelt on? Because it's a habit. It's a good habit to be in. But there's also those bad habits that our brains will get uh, to where it's just an automatic. We got to do it. So it's hard to break away from that. Okay, so we're going to, you know, that's why we want people to come to church. We want them to hear the word every week. We would like for them to come on Wednesday so they can hear it twice a week. But we encourage people to get into the Word of God themselves every day. Very few people do. Very few people do. And um, <clears throat> the more the craziness of our, of our society, it's, it's all about keeping us busier and busier, and there's more and more things to distract us that are more entertaining It's because we get lazy in our brains. It's way easier to watch something on the TV. It's way easier to look at your phone. And it's destroying us as a a society, as a world. I mean, we're all being led astray by all of these modern conveniences. I saw a a picture. It was somebody had drawn something that popped up. On my phone okay so it was like trending news things were going on and I just noticed this one picture and it was a it was like someone had uh, painted a picture and it was the the scene was the Garden of Eden and it was this beautiful tree in the middle and you could see this serpent coming down the tree in the middle of the tree with his head looking down and he's just looking down and you have. Adam on one side the tree he's sitting down on the ground leaning up against the tree and on the other side of the trees Eve's over there and she's sitting down looking the other direction her back leaning against the tree and both of them had their cell phones up in front of their face I'm like that's it that is it young people don't have relationships and don't know how to have relationships because of what the phone has done to them. (laughs) It's weird. It's a very weird thing that has happened. No. They're not speaking words. They're thumbs. I see young, especially young girls, and and I could be sitting at Chick-fil-A watching some girl over there on her phone, and those thumbs are just going like crazy. It's like... Like, wow! I mean, I'm, I'm like, boop, 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 and some people, they just talk into it. They talk what they want to text, and then they hit the button, and it sends it, but, and then you get some really crazy words that get sent when you speak it in. You know, certain people, they'll tell you something, and you don't understand, what, what did you say? And I love it when they talk into their phone, because it shows what it sounds like. It's like, see there? And they're like, Oh my gosh, why did I send that? I didn't say that. That is why I can't understand what you're saying, because that's the way you talk. Okay, Uh, so we want people to hear this two-edged sword. When we follow what this word says... When, when God says, this is what I want you to do, and we do it, wonderful things happen. And not only uh, do blessings come upon us, but they overtake us. We can't get away from them. We can't run fast enough to get away from the blessings when we are obeying the Word of God. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. So if you're in the city, I don't recommend it, but you can be blessed there. That's pretty amazing. That might be one of the miracles in the Bible, that you can be blessed in the city. I know you can be blessed in the field. Uh, For blessed shall be the fruit of of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle now when the bible when the king james bible has the word cattle that could just mean livestock we think automatically a bunch of cows in the field but the next thing is the increase of thy kine. now kine is plural for for cattle what we would know as cattle cows bulls and uh Cows and calves, that's kind, the group of cows in the field. Um, And the flocks of thy sheep, blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Now, once we get past 14, you're going to hear a repeat of a lot of these things, but it's going to be the opposite instead of your enemy coming at you one way, they're going to come at you seven ways, or, no, well, you're going to flee seven ways. Instead of them fleeing seven ways, you're going to flee seven ways. And instead of them coming at you one way, they're going to come at you seven ways. So you're going to see the reverse of this when you disobey, when you do not follow what the Word of God says, when you're not obedient. You know our founding fathers all right when you go back to the beginning of this country as far as at the time of uh declaring independence from great britain and it was wasn't a smart move it's the world's greatest superpower great britain they their, their fleet of ships were amazing. Everybody in the world feared them. They were dominant. And we had probably three million people here. Can you imagine that? Just about three million people. And decide that you want to fight this big, huge British force. Not a smart move. But uh, the, the people who... Just think about George Washington, think about Ben Franklin, John Adams. I mean, there's a whole a Patrick Henry, a lot of good Virginia boys, a lot of good ones. And, and what they all had in common was that they believed that there was a God who wrote the Bible, who, who spoke the Bible into existence, and they read it. Whether they were born again, we don't know. We can't go ask them. We can go by their writings and things that they said, and we can make judgments on if we want to, but it seems very clear that George Washington and Patrick Henry, those types, were very much born-again Christian people. And, uh, but even ben, ben Franklin Thomas Jefferson, where you can make an argument that they probably weren't really born again, but I'm not gonna judge them. I don't know what they really believed, but they all feared God. And they knew that when you followed his ways, that these God said that you will have victory in battles. They read the stories of of Gideon, who had nowhere near enough people to fight against his enemies, and God said, you had too many, get rid of some. And then, no, you still have too many, get rid of more. They read those stories and saw where if God is on your side, It doesn't matter how few you have to go into a battle. They believed it, and they acted on what they believed. You could tell that they believed what the Word of God said because of what they did. Their actions proved what they really believed. Verse 8, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God, and walk in his ways. Now, we started talking about Enoch, seventh from Adam this past Sunday. And what, could, what, what do we say about him? He walked with God. And then I shared a verse out of Amos that says, I got to go back a few pages, because I was supposed to do the, that one a long time ago. I wrote down a verse out of Amos, chapter 3, verse 3. It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? It's hard for two people to walk together. I was looking at, uh, forgive me, but I was on my phone again and I was reading this the top reason that couples get divorced. And it was just something that popped up. It was just things that popped up. It's not that I'm looking for reasons to get divorced. You know, I'm not searching that out but it's top reasons and the number one reason was career choices you know so your career choice and her you know the man and the one both have career choices and that causes uh, division within them and this one wants to move here this one does not or that one wants to take this job over there whatever but i was kind of like really Career choices was, was number one. Uh, I might have been number two, or number three was, could not come into an agreement on how to raise kids. So, the one, they deserve a spanking. Oh, don't you dare spank them. Uh, I could think of all kinds of things that a man and a woman will be very different on in how to bring up kids. And then, of course, if the kid picks up on the difference, they play the parents against each other, which causes that to be a good reason to get a divorce, right? So, uh, can two walk together except they be agreed? So when it comes to raising kids, if one doesn't agree, you cannot show it in front of the kids. You've got to go hide somewhere, do your disagreeing over here where they don't hear it, and then come back and be together, one person steaming and the other person, whatever. But uh, that's just so true. That verse is so true. Can two walk together except they be agreed? You know, a lot of those reasons, like, why didn't y'all figure that out before you got married? But then you got people who don't even get married anymore. I mean, I know people who they they were in a relationship for six and seven years and finally got married and now there's another couple that i know known them for years they've been together for seven years and they're planning their wedding uh in march i'm like are you sure you've know, you've gotten to know each other good enough are you going to why rush into it yeah i mean i couldn't wait i mean once i got you know you date for a year let's get married <clears throat> And you'll have people say, "No, you're too young, don't do it. You got to get ready, got to prepare. I remember my aunt Charlotte saying, "If you wait until you're ready, you'll never do it. If you're in love, get married, do it. It was good advice. Same thing with having kids. If you wait till you're ready, you'll never have them. You know the, way, the, you know, the devil is at work because He's, he's using all these things to keep young couples from even being in a relationship. Less and less people want to get married. And the way the world is, the way we see things happening, we feel guilty for even bringing a kid into the world. I've heard so many young people say that. Oh no, I'm not having any kids. Why would I bring a kid into this mess? And you're like, well, I kind of see where they're coming from. But it's terrible that they have that attitude. It's, it's a shame that it's gotten to that point. Birth rates have been declining big time. <clears throat> all right. Where, where did I stop? Ten? Ten? Yes. And all people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give thee rain unto thy land in his season, so that's the first heaven, the one you know, the heaven that the clouds are in, raining down on us. And to bless all the work of thine hand, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. All right, now that's verse 12. Now if you jump over to verse, look over to the other side, to 44. It looks like a contradiction. In 44, of this very same chapter, it says, He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. But over here, it it says that uh, um, you will lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. And then it says in 13, And the Lord shall make thee the head, and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if thou... If that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. So again, once we get past 14, all of this over here is being disobedient. So when you're disobedient, see, that's just an example of the opposite is going to happen. So if you're obedient, you will lend to other nations, or you will grow so many crops, you will be selling your stuff to other nations and you'll have plenty for yourself. But if you're disobedient, then it will be the other way around. That's all it's saying there. It's not a contradiction. It's saying over here, well, over here it says you're going to be the lender and not the borrower, but over here it says you're going to be the borrower and not the lender. Well, why? Read it all. It'll tell you why. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. So that's what's going to happen. If you, if you lean one way or the other from God's word. I was, who was I listening to? I was listening to somebody and he said, you know the way you lean is the way you're going to fall you know if that's if that's what you're leaning toward then you're going to fall that way if you see a tree that's leaning that way and you go to cut on it or the wind blows really bad you can pretty much guess where it's going to go because it's leaning that way so be careful about which way you lean and it, if you, you, you set a straight course, if you are off ever so slight, a half a degree, if you're off any at all, by the time you get way out there, you're going to be way off. <clears throat> I love to uh, shoot my deer rifle at long distances, and... You can, you can think you're really, really good at 100 yards and think you're right on at 100 yards. Well, shoot 300 yards and see where you're really at. You can just be a couple clicks off, and you can be eight inches to the right, and then you can fine-tune it there, but you just couldn't see it at 100. You couldn't see it. But the farther out you go, you realize how far off you're going to be. You will, you, it, you will, as you walk in your walk with the Lord, if you get something off here, if you allow yourself to be tricked into something and you're off a little bit, it will make you wonder. And you can be way off course as you get on down. Now, we, ha- we have all kinds of examples in the Bible where when you, when you stray to the right or the left, that leads to idolatry. And at the end of these 14 verses on blessing, the very last thing he says in 14 is, that's what's going to happen if you don't stay true to what the word says. To go after other gods, little g gods, to serve them. Now, so, so what, what has happened is we have been under, I, I guess you can call it demonic influence. You know, if, if you are, I mean, you don't have to be, people, people are scared to talk about being demon-possessed and all that stuff, and it weirds them out. Well, you don't have to be demon-possessed to be, to be influenced by de- demonic activity and, and the things that the devil wants to do You can be influenced, it can mess you up mentally to where you start doing things opposite of what you know is right, and sometimes it's just out of fear, but just look at the things that are going on in our country. I mean, some of these things have happened in other countries, but now they're starting to happen here, or they have been happening here, and it's getting worse and worse, some Just think about the headlines. Think about the things that you you hear about. You can just go back five years, ten years, and if somebody would have told you that the things that we're dealing with right now, and I'm talking about one of the things that just totally blows my mind is is when you hear a story about a five-year-old saying that they're the opposite sex of what they were born. And that there are schools and school teachers that keep that secret from parents and, and get that kid to so-called doctors that help them in that, that want to show them that it's okay to be that way. and I mean, for teachers to think it's okay to do that, For there to be doctors out there that would actually do that to a child? And you talk to people who who haven't lost their sanity and they'll be like, you know, should a child be able to decide something like that? They're like, well, they can't even decide what's the right things to eat for breakfast and lunch. If you give them the opportunity to say, what do you want? They'll pick some of the weirdest stuff, things that are not good for you, things that you don't want them to have kids can't make decisions on what they eat, but you're going to allow them to make a decision on changing their gender? So, that blows my mind. But if I go out there and talk about it, then they immediately will turn on me and, and, and look at me like I'm the bad person. When they have, they're insane they've lost it. And as we go, as we read this, as we get into all of these other verses on what happens when you turn away from God's commandments, his, you know, it's not just commandments, it's his precepts, his uh, ways, you know, it's not not that we're trying to please God by following His laws. We're not trying to get saved by keeping laws, but we understand that how we, how we get a born-again experience is through the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing us from all of our sins. You know, this, the law of God is extremely important because it shows you that you are a sinner and that you need the blood of Jesus. If you didn't have any of this law in your Bibles, you wouldn't have anything that would j- get at you, that would cause you to s- start thinking, I need a Savior. The law is extremely important in that. <clears throat> and we need to, like what I, how, how we started tonight, in Psalm 149, we need to use the two-edged sword. It sounds pretty rough. It's like, why isn't there anything good in there? Why can't we use this two-edged sword to show people the blessings and this, that, and that? It? But it's, it's talking about vengeance and punishment and all of that. So we we got to don't be afraid to use the Word of God to make people feel very uncomfortable. They need to feel that way. When someone is talking about children and gender changes, and people talk about abortion and just wiping the kid out before they can ever have a chance to decide, you know, when, it, when you hear stuff like that, take the Word of God, it's a two-edged sword, and thrust it into them. You need to violently take the Word of God and use it to set people straight, when You've got churches all across America. And I, I look at some of these big, mega churches that get all the headlines. And, of course, a lot of them make news because they're doing some really stupid stuff. But there's some crazy ideas that they do. There's one church, I can't remember which one it is, but they, they're doing a movie theme. So so the past, it's, oh, it's the one that just got kicked out of... Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, the one that Rick Warren started. Now there's a, new, a newer pastor, I can't remember his name, but you got him and his wife and they're co-pastors. Okay, So they're doing a movie theme. So one Sunday you come in and the pastor and his wife are dressed up like movie characters in a famous movie that you would know, and they play parts in the movie, and they use, you know how movies will use uh, godly things? They, they, movies steal things out of the Bible. You know, the talking animals, that comes out of the Bible. you got a serpent in the, in Genesis 3, you have a donkey in Numbers 22, 23. So, you know what I'm talking about? That's, they, people use things that are in the Bible. All the superhero movies, they're, they just steal stuff out of the Bible. Even in The Incredibles, Dash, he could run on water when he, he ran across the top of the water. You know, just little things like that. Uh, so they're using these movie things, and why? Because people are worldly, and those are worldly things, and they'll be more comfortable when they come into the church. They'll be more comfortable. They'll be more entertained. More people will come. Uh, uh, there's another one. It's a black man and I think he's in Oklahoma, and he's young, and he's very uh, charismatic, and he, he dresses all fancy, and he's up there, and, and they put together some, I think it was Easter, uh, and they had dancers, and it was, I, I saw a, por- a portion of the video, it was horrible. Well, when they were planning it, they asked him, well, how far can we push this thing? And he said well you can push it right up until you get to sin and then back up a step that's what he That's what he said because they want to make it to where these worldly people can come in and be entertained by it and more will come and maybe more will bring money and maybe we'll build this up to, to be the biggest church in America that's so that's what they're doing Why would you... I don't want anybody to come in here that's a worldly person, that's in their sins. I don't want them to come in here and feel comfortable. I want them to feel the presence of a holy God that cannot stand sin. I want people to understand that they're going to hell in their sins if they don't turn to a holy God for forgiveness. I want people to hear the Bible being read and know ye and thou and go, that's the Bible. That sounds different than anything I'm hearing in the world. That right there, he's reading out of the Bible. I want people to see that and hear that. But why would you want worldly people to come in here to be comfortable? If they're worldly and they're on the way to hell, I don't want them to be comfortable. I want them to be convicted by the Holy Spirit, to see all the stuff that's in this Bible, all the cursing that happens when you don't follow His ways, and I want them to be desperate for an answer to get through this life and to actually know that you have something to look forward to when you die. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And Father, we thank you for your holy scriptures. And Father, you have preserved them well. Father, we have the two-edged sword that we can carry in our hand. And Father, I pray that we would be a people who would praise your holy name, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel that has saved us. And Father, that we would be Truly loving, truly loving in that we show, we show the truth and not hide it for the sake of people's feelings. Father, I pray that we would be a people who would speak the truth, be bold with it, not be ashamed of it. Help us, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.